Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 91 of the College Loop Podcast. It is me, Dylan Lark, the only one in the studio today. So I'm going to ask y'all, how are y'all doing? I'm sure y'all are doing better than I am. I, if you, uh, you probably haven't known because I've not made this public yet. Uh, I was just in the hospital for uh, two days with bacterial pneumonia. So if my voice sounds a little hoarse, that is why. And if I have to pause to cough or drink water, uh, please be mindful of that as I move on to this talk, starting off the conversation with football. And we are going to start off with the defensive back preview, a position that we have been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to talk about for a hot minute, but could never get the timetable to really talk about it with all of us here. So we just settled on, it's just going to be me today talking about it. So the defensive back is definitely the position that I think Auburn probably would have ranked as their first or second best position group on the team, just because from top to bottom, this position is just stacked. And just start with what I think the potential depth chart is going to be, just looking at your starting corners, it's going to be DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett, which are your two most draftable guys right off the bat, your two guys who are... Uh, looking at All-American spots and looking at being just some of the top corners in the league, really. And just looking at and I and I've said this on multiple occasions, just comparing them both to other DB duos that Auburn has had in the past. Like uh, one that I like the most is Carlton Davis and uh, Jamel Dean. Just looking at, because Carlton Davis reminds me a lot of DJ James or, Flip, reverse that. DJ James reminds me a lot of Carlton Davis. Uh, both guys who can play man are real aggressive in their coverage and can break passes. And then Jamel Dean and Nehemiah Pritchett, you know, faster guys who can break uh, break on the ball quicker. And this, that comparison alone, I, I just see that a lot. And that's why I think this cornerback duo is going to be really good next year. And then at the star position, which is kind of basically the nickel position, Keontae Scott, a guy who has been impressing a lot this spring, who is returning from last year. He was the return man. I don't think he has to do that this year. I think it's going to be all Brian uh, Brian Batiste's job whenever he gets back on the field and is healthy following his toe surgery. And then your back safety positions, I'm looking at Jalen Simpson, who is going to be playing safety full-time this year instead of splitting time at corner because of 
last year. He, when he and Jalen Simpson is one of those guys we talk about a lot who really stepped up after you know Potato Man got fired because uh, he moved to safety and the defense got better. And that's one of those guys who the change of position really helped him. And on the other side of him, Marquise Gilbert is a name that I've been hearing about. A guy who again really impressed in the spring. Uh, Marquise Gilbert, six foot two, one eighty six. Just talk about him because I think out of the out of the four, out of the four we've already talked about, uh, Marquise Gilbert is the least. I, I don't think I don't believe he started. I think yeah, he did not start a single game last year. He's more of a depth piece at safety. He only played in four games, and not a guy who we really expected a lot from last year, but came into the spring really showed out, and I think he's going to be. Uh, really good for the Tigers this year. And overall, that deep in the back room looks great. It looks really good. It's going to impress a lot of people. And because if you compare it to the running back room, I mean, it's as stacked as that is, if not more. And it really just depends on the set. I mean, and we talk about the defense a lot on this show because the defense is going to be something I think is going to be really impress everybody. Because for the Four two five that Auburn is going to be running at any given time. You at least have nine players who are going to impress you, and whether or not the linebackers are going to be added to that in any time soon, uh, time will tell. Uh, but the thing about this defensive core, like I just said, the depth is really good. And one of these guys that we talk about a lot, and I hate that Tar isn't here to talk about it at all, is Kyan Lee, the true freshman uh, from. A George, I forgot what town in Georgia he's from. I could probably look that up as I'm talking about him. From Ellidwood, Georgia. Uh, he's a true freshman, four-star, flipped from Ohio State. He has been doing nothing but impressing uh, coaches. And, you know, when it comes to coaches, you can't get any better defensive back coaches than Wesley McGriff, uh, a.k.a. Crime Dog, and Zach Etheridge, who have been raving about how good this defensive back room is. Now, Kyan Lee has done something that I've not seen a lot of true freshmen do at Auburn. And that is have a potential to start right off the bat. And I know we saw with Owen, pa- I think Owen Papo and Bo Nix, but Kyan Lee, I think has a chance to excel more than both those. And one of those being <laughs> that Bo Nix was never really, uh, per- uh not produced, uh, <clears throat> excuse me never really developed as much under like Gus Malzahn and definitely not under Brian Harson. And we always say on Papa was definitely misused. Now taking those factors out of that, Kyan Lee has a chance to be one of the best defensive backs Auburn has seen just strictly because of talent alone. And he has a chance to do that for probably at least three years. Uh, because from what we've been hearing from coaches, from what we've seen, what we know about Kyan Lee, he is going to be a star in the making, and there is no chance that we're not going to see him come off the bench very quickly. Uh, and he is going to, he, if he's not right right next, he is the guy right after that when it comes to substitution. So just excuse me for one second. There we go. And another guy who I, I'm very interested in is the guy, is the defensive back that we got from Juco. Uh, from the JUCO level is Champ Bay or not Champ, Champ not Champ Bailey, Champ Anthony, aka the Pirate, uh, if you will, uh, not well, Pirate, not the Pirate. Uh, but what I've seen from Champ Anthony, I, I've watched a lot of film on him of the film that I could find on him. 
Uh, he is really good in a, and I, I always take this from the war report a lot. And, you know, if you don't follow the war report, I don't know how you found us first, but go show those, go show those with love too. Cause they really got into how good champ Anthony is. He didn't get a, he got one tap, one interception last year. And it, it doesn't really show in the stat line how like really, really good he is. But if you watch him play, he will get down and dirty and when it comes to tackling. And it's not something you really see from defensive backs, especially of the, of the smaller variety. Like he's 5'11", 164. Like you would not expect a guy that small to be really, really good at tackling. But he will get low, and he will make tackles, and he can make any tackle on the field, I think, just because that's how good he is, and that's how good he played at the JUCO level. And I think he's going to transfer over very well to the SEC. And there's – the one guy I've been looking at a lot that I've been looking all over the place for is Donovan Kaufman. Uh, it's a guy who a lot of Auburn fans love and plenty of reason why he's a vocal leader. He shows that on the field. The problem with Donovan Kaufman, he, he is drastically undersized and I, I think he's been moved back. I think he's gonna be playing the star position, which again, the nickel position right behind Keontae. If not third, fourth, he's going to see the field, but I don't think it's going to be in any real situation where he's going to be put in a one-on-one coverage with a guy way taller than him. Because we've seen in the past when Auburn has guys who are five foot ten on on bigger guys. Uh, but yeah, looking at top to bottom, it's going to be a very very good defensive back room and one that I can't wait to watch. Uh, and, and a great fre- freshman class coming in. As well, I mean, one of the freshmen that I've been really looking for is Terrence Love, a guy who I've always been a proponent ever since the 2013 uh, National Championship where Chris Davis was just not tall enough to bat the ball down from Kelvin Benjamin. I've always been a big fan of, as we talk, like tall guard, tall guard. Uh, I love tall corners uh, and tall safeties. And Terrence Love from uh, Atlanta is six foot two, two eleven, and just a big-bodied safety who I am very interested to see the field. I don't know if he will right off the bat, just because there's so many bodies to go through in this DB room. But Auburn has really hammered in how much DBs mean to them, and it helps whenever your top two recruiters for that position are two of the top like defensive back coaches in the league and two of the top recruiters in the country. And again, Crime Dog and Zach Etheridge. Now, I can't wait to see how this room plays out. Uh, if if they're as advertised, uh, expect some interceptions and pick sixes uh, this season. Expect a lot of them because this room is loaded. And, and you can talk about other players, J.D. Rim and Austin Osbury, two guys who didn't really get to see the field all that much in their first couple years here, or their first years here. Uh, I think Austin Osbury got redshirted at safety. Yeah, he got redshirted and did he didn't really feel much. Uh, JD Rim did get to see the field, and when he did, he impressed. And, and that guy is like cornerback five, cornerback six, somewhere down down there. A guy who you wouldn't really see the field in, unless like starting guys were tired, someone got ejected for targeting, but. When he came in, this was against SEC opponents. He was really, really good. And Auburn found a way to retain all of these guys who probably didn't see themselves starting anyways. And that's just what happens. That's what happens whenever you hire really good coaches. 
And I mean, if I had to grade the D, the this room, I'd have to give it an A, not an A plus, but or an A minus. Just give it an A, strictly because I want to see how they play out. But I also understand the potential, and and what we and what we've seen so far. I mean, this room has probably impressed more than the running back room has, and that's saying a lot. And and it, it's going to show very very soon. And I mean, as we're as this is being recorded, forty one days until the season starts. Uh, so, yeah, the defensive back core is just something. It's going to be something fun to watch. Now to move on to the rest of the rundown today, Hugh Freeze told Pete Thamel that Auburn could run a two quarterback system in twenty twenty three. Now, I know what people are going to be saying about if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. But is there a chance that a two quarterback system could just mean a two like play calls for like let's say Peyton Thorne starts because we pretty much everyone assumes he's going to start. And that's me coming from a Robbie Ashford truther. I would love it if Robbie started and you could just zone read all the way down the field or PO, RPOs. All that jazz. But if Peyton Thorne were to start, there's a good chance Auburn could run a two-quarterback set. And not to say that it's going to be split 50-50 or 60-40, maybe like 90-10, where you kind of just throw Robbie in, maybe in a a quote-unquote wildcat, where he'll come in and run like a triple option through the RPOs. Because there's, for what... Robbie lacks in consistency. He makes it for an athleticism. And just the fact that if you can fool the defense uh, into the run, uh, he could throw the ball and he can make more throws than like a running back could. I mean, when, when you look at Wildcats in the past, I mean, the first one comes to mind is on Johnson. And very few times that he passed the ball. And the one, on, the only one that comes to my mind is the touchdown to Nate Craig Myers in the 2017 Iron Bowl. But with Robbie Ashford, if you have a quarterback playing wildcat you don't know if he's going to pass the ball you don't know if he's going to run the ball you kind of have to just guess because it'd be the same formation but i understand the whole if you have two quarterbacks you have no quarterbacks but i also that comes from the fact that if you are switching out every quarter switching out every drive after every touchdown after every interception and you're just kind of throwing each quarterback back in because that messes with the flow of the of the game and the momentum of the team now, I would like to see if Peyton Thorne starts to kind of see Robbie Ashford built into the offense in some way because he is too fast, he's too athletic to keep him off the field. And that's what Auburn's going to need playing these defenses like Georgia, LSU, A&M, and Alabama who are quick, fast, and strong defenses. Like Peyton Thorne's not going to be able to make every man miss running down the field if the if all the – Wide receivers are covered, and Robbie Ashford can do that. And I mean, we've seen him do it against those teams. Now, if Auburn finds a way to properly work him in without, you know, splitting it like I like I said, like how it was earlier on in the season, which I think whenever you hear two two quarterback system, you automatically think of the beginning of the twenty twenty two season where it was T J Finley, Robbie Ashford, T J Finley, Robbie Robbie Ashford, and Auburn never found a rhythm on offense. Now, again, like I just said, if Auburn, if Hugh Freeze can find a way to kind of split it up, you know, run, like have an intermediate passing game or deep ball with Peyton Thorne, 
and then if you if they're if they're seeing it coming, throw Robbie Ashford in for a couple of plays, let him or uh, for a play, and then run like an RBO, uh, and the defense will just be bewildered. Now, saying that, I I can understand where like maybe the wide receivers won't be very appreciative of that because it'd be like you know we're there's what are, what are the odds that there's it's just going to be a just be a run because you could just run the ball with Jarquez or Damari or so on and so forth. But I, there's a there's a strategic advantage to having a quarterback that can run the ball, and that's a proponent of why I think Robbie Ashford should be given the chance to start. That's why I think that the quarterback race is a lot closer than people think it is, is because of the dynamic ability of Robbie Ashford. And to say saying that to say this, there's a good chance Robbie Ashford starts, and and that's just coming from me, a guy who doesn't do anything really except just how to how to say things online but Robbie Ashford is a true I don't want to say a true dual threat but a a great runner and a average passer and I think in today's it, it, with the quarterbacks that Auburn has brought in and Hugh Freeze has brought in I think given the opportunity to actually like work in this fall camp at the and you know we didn't get to really see it all that much against against each other at a day but there was a really good ball by robbie at a day and that that's it was if you weren't there and if you're watching on tv it was raining like terry it was muddy it was muggy it was just a bad environment to run a practice game because you don't want anybody to get hurt slip and trip and you know break an ankle twist an ankle basically anything that'll prohibit them from playing the rest of the spring or working out or all that jazz, but give Robbie Ashford a fall camp. And I think he can prove to the coaches that he deserves a chance to start. And whether that be it, because from, so Hugh Freeze brought it up in media days. He is going to hope to use in the fall camp. You have two weeks of fall camp after the first week he is going to kind of have it a little open amongst the four guys, you know, Peyton, Robbie, uh, Holden, and Hank Brown. And then the next week is going to be dropped the two. And then that last week, which of the two is going to be who is going to start against UMass. And from just assuming that's going to be either Robbie Ashford or Peyton Thorne. And I think... I want to rock with Robbie strictly because of the you can do more with the offense with Robbie Ashford, and I understand the you want a more consistent passer back there, but we don't know how much how much improved Robbie Ashford has gotten, and maybe his shoulders gotten more healthy. Maybe he got the appropriate therapy that he needed for it, because Robbie Ashford has an arm, and yeah, it's not like all that consistent, but. Auburn wasn't all that consistent last year. And it was a very, very bad Auburn team. Robbie Ashford, and it was Robbie Ashford's first year playing college football, really. He didn't start, he didn't play a year at Oregon. Uh, he just kind of was there for a year, redshirted, never never saw the field, and then he came to Auburn and Amia got thrown into a quarterback battle, but with under one of the under the worst coach in Auburn football history. And 
that's where it all kind of makes sense when people call, come out and say that he's been inconsistent and he doesn't look good. It's because the, the team wasn't good last year. That the team could not work together to save their lives. And that's, that's a coaching problem last year. Now you give Hugh Freeze, Kent Austin, and Philip Montgomery a chance. And I think they can turn Robbie Ashford to a really, really good quarterback. And if it comes down to Peyton Thorne starting, I wouldn't mind a two-quarterback system in a way that works Robbie Ashford into the offense for like a play or two. Not like a drive, not a quarter, not not just switching out by like. I would like it to be let Peyton Thorne start the whole game, but have plays written up for Robbie Ashford because again that helps your team. That helps uh, confuse the defense, especially because again. You just are throwing or running it with Peyton Thorne, and then you have an opportunity to run like trick plays with Robbie Ashford. And those are the plays that are going to get you big yards when you need the most. Now, to go on to the next thing, and you know what? Before I do, just let me know in the comments who you have starting at quarterback, Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford? Where do you think Holden Gurner is going to find his, find his way starting this upcoming season? Now, the SEC media has predicted Auburn to finish sixth in the SEC West. And I'm going to make this very quick. That is a load of BS. They have them over Mississippi State, and that is it. And I don't think for a second. I, I think that Arkansas and Ole Miss have been severely overrated, uh, strictly because of what they lost in the portal. I don't. I think Ole Miss's transfer portal wasn't all that great. I think Zachary Franklin was a great pickup for them. But that was about it from just the the class that I'm remembering. Uh, but their class got severely, severely overrated when they picked up two quarterbacks, two guys who probably aren't even going to start. Arkansas, on the other hand, I think losing Kendall Bryles hurts them a lot more than people think. Yeah, KJ Jefferson's probably the one or the two best, first or the second best quarterback in the SEC. But I don't think that they have the coach right now that can fix that, like, that can fill that, like, hole that Kendall Bryles left. And the OC that's there now, I can't remember his name. I don't know if he can work that offense like Kendall Bryles did, who is now at TCU after Garrett Riley went to, went to Clemson. So, yeah. The SEC media also, I believe it's SEC media, or the SEC released their teams, and Auburn had five players on those lists, all of which were on the third team, that being DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett, Alex McPherson, Oscar Chapman, and Jarquez Hunter all made that list. And that's pretty much all I have to say for that. Um, in recruiting news, Auburn is crystal ball for four-star athlete Malcolm Simmons, who is six foot tall, 185 pounds. He's, an, he's listed as an athlete, but he plays wide receiver. Uh, which good height and weight for a wide receiver. He's a four-star out of Benjamin Russell and Alex City, Alabama, or Alexander City, Alabama. Uh, it'd be a huge pickup. Uh, you just need more volume in this class. It's going to shoot up. Uh, I like Auburn's chances of getting him. And the CB doesn't mean anything precisely. I trust Crystal Balls on 24-7 more than I trust predictions that on three. And I, I think that Auburn could be expecting a – commit from him very soon he's not announced yet uh but i i think that auburn fans should be getting ready for another wide receiver to come to this class and speaking of recruits 
we are three days away from the commitment date of Demarcus Riddick, the five-star linebacker, who is looking at Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn. And I don't want to say I'm confident, but I am. It's a weird feeling because I think he's going to either go to Alabama or he's going to come to Auburn and surprise all of us. But in the same in the same sentence, not surprise all of us. If you know what I mean, it, it's a weird situation to be put into with with Demarcus Riddick because you're you're just waiting for him to disappoint everybody, uh, disappoint disappoint the Auburn fans and go to Alabama or Georgia. But you're also gonna not be surprised whenever he commits to Auburn. It's like a weird thing going on there. Because the, the the thing I always see when it comes to five stars choosing between Auburn and Alabama is do you just want to be another guy who just went to Alabama just to go to Alabama? Or do you want to come to a place like Auburn who is rebuilding and you want to build something special there? And I think that's something that he's been really adamant about. because uh, he I think one of the quotes I saw was he's gonna to talk to Alabama, he's gonna to talk to Alabama and Georgia, and if they don't impress him, Auburn's just Auburn's right there. And a lot of Auburn fans have been very confident that Auburn can find a way to 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 steal Demarcus Riddick from those two schools. And I mean, we're three days away from it, and he's still coming to Big Cat Weekend three days after that. Uh, and it'd be very good for Auburn's recruiting rankings and very good overall for Auburn's chances to pick up more five stars if they can find a way to steal a five-star linebacker from two of the best colleges at producing linebackers. Because, I mean... and with the amount of players that those two schools recruit, DeMarcus Riddick is just, to, to them, DeMarcus Riddick is just another linebacker. He's another five-star linebacker that's coming through their program. But to Auburn, DeMarcus Riddick solves a lot of problems for Auburn going into 2024 because with this year, you're working with a makeshift linebacker core, right? You go into next year, you have D'Angelo Barber, Joseph Smith, and hopefully DeMarcus Riddick all coming in at the same time. Now, that, those three right there completely changed the landscape of Auburn's recruiting future and Auburn's linebacker future for at least, hopefully, the next three years. After this year, of course. Because those three guys are so good that they can find a way to compete for a starting job immediately. And I don't know if there's anyone besides, I think, Robert Woodyard. And I don't know if Austin Keys has any years of eligibility left. I'll have to go and check that while I'm talking about him. Uh, but just, and it's also worth noting that, yeah, Austin Keys would have another year of eligibility. So there'd be a good chance that he, if he has a decent year, he would he would go to the, to the draft, of course. But DeMarcus Riddick, I, I like Auburn's odds. Of finding a way to get him, but it's a. But I also feel I don't feel good about it. it it's a weird feeling because I'm like, it, it's just weird. And I, I think if he does commit, Auburn's definitely going to shoot up in those rankings, like very high up in those rankings. And then every and I think we talk about Tar said that Perry Thompson is going to be the first domino to fall. Demarcus Riddick will become the first domino to fall in a in a week that'll probably be all, one of Auburn's best. Because I'm gonna have to get some graphics ready because we're expecting some guys to commit the 29th. Uh, we don't know who quite yet. We have to go through the list of people who are all showing up for Big Cat Weekend, and it is a grocery list 
of people. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but we will have more on Demarcus Riddick whenever that comes out. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 26 is a Wednesday. So if he commits to Auburn, expect a reaction soon after that happens. And I think it's either at 3 or 4. Uh, and that's like 4 Eastern or 3 Central or 4 Eastern or 4 Central and 5 Eastern. One of those two. He's in Georgia time. So it's definitely 4 Eastern. So 3 Central, hopefully. And if you and with that, just go look it up. Because uh, clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about here. Uh, but yeah, that is all for football today. Stay tuned for the next episode where we are going to be previewing Auburn and Ole Miss. Uh, Auburn going into right now does have a four and two record i believe yes four and two record because last week was of course <laughs> the infamous lsu game where auburn is now on their two game losing streak but they will hopefully have a chance to rebound off of that and i'm just making sure that i have it right that it is miss Ole miss yeah Ole miss uh so stay tuned for that uh and if you know us and our history with Ole miss uh <laughs> it'll be a fun one for all of you Auburn fans out there that that love and watch and support the show. Now, to wrap it up, we are going to just bring up baseball for a little bit, and we have some guys who have signed contracts, and that's going to end the show for us today. So Cole Foster, Bryson Ware, Chase Isbell, and Nate LaRue have all signed their MLB contracts. Of course, Cole Foster, Cole Foster to the Giants, Ware to the Phillies, Isbell to the Royals, and LaRue to the Blue Jays. And then, of course, Auburn lost their transfer from Sacred Heart University, Sam Mongelli, who officially signed his contract with the Dodgers after they took him in the 10th round. So, yeah, that pretty much is going to end the show. Uh, yeah, but a lot of good news coming up. Uh, a lot of recruits coming to the coming to Auburn very soon. And by very soon, I mean, it is going to be uh, – <laughs> words are hard this saturday like a week from now as this is being recorded six days from today as this comes out that you can expect the biggest recruiting weekend that auburn has ever had because this is a class that is going to set the tone for the future of hugh freeze at auburn and if you can find a way to persuade some of them five stars i mean after demarcus riddick commits kj bones right after that and he may, and KJ Bolden has even said he made sure that Hugh Freeze was his last place to go to before he made his decision. And KJ Bolden obliged with him. So stay tuned for all that. And hopefully it should be a fun week for the Auburn Tigers. And I guess with that, I'm Dylan Mark at Able to Tank on Twitter. If you're watching, it's just right there. It's also going to be in the, in the description below. So go. Go get that as you will. Also, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Leave me, leave us some questions. Leave us some theoretical Thursdays. If you missed last episode's theoretical Thursday, it was what if Hugh Freeze actually came to Auburn in 2021 instead of 2023. And then make sure to follow us on all socials. That's here on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. If you get us to five, if you get us to 500 subscribers on here, Colin has to do a little dance on TikTok. And if you want to listen to us, of course, you have us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. But all that being said, 
It's been the College Loop Podcast. 